Greetings, Crosspoint Church, and a welcome to all that are joining us today online. Delighted to have you with us. I'm excited about the message that God has given me to share with you today. Let's speak to the Father before we go to the Word. Father, we ask your blessing upon your Word. We pray that your promise, that your Word would accomplish its purpose, that would not return empty, that would be fulfilled in the hearing of the folks who hear this. May this be life-changing truth that results in life transformation in the way we think, in the way we speak, in the way we act. This we ask in the strong name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Jesus was a, a great storyteller. One of his best-known stories is found in two of the four Gospels, the Gospel of Matthew and also here in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 6. Luke, chapter 6, and verse 47, I'm beginning reading. I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then obeys me. It is like a person who builds a house on a strong foundation laid upon the underlying rock. When the floodwaters rise and break against the house, it stands firm because it is well built. But anyone who listens and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house without a foundation. When the floods sweep down against that house, it will crumble into a heap of ruins. Reading this old story brings back two vivid memories from my childhood. The first memory is of a Sunday school chorus about the wise man and the foolish man. Verse 1 was about the wise man. The wise man built his house upon a rock. And the rains came tumbling down. We were also to do motions when we sang the chorus. The rains came down and the floods came up and the house on the rock stood firm. Verse 2 was about the foolish man. And it goes like this. The foolish man built his house upon the sand and the rains came tumbling down and the floods came up. And the house on the sand went splat. And when we were kids, we really loved doing the splat thing with great gusto. And then there was a third verse. So build your house on the Lord Jesus Christ, and the blessings will come down. The blessings will come down as the prayers go up. So build your house on the Lord. Some great theology in that simple song. Now, my other memory of this Bible story is from my Sunday school teacher when I was just a child. And if I remember correctly, she used a flannel graph board. Now, there's an expression out of years and years ago. A flannel graph board is really nothing more than a, a felt board about two feet by maybe three feet, and figures 
about five or six inches high, and on the back, uh, the best way I could think to describe those figure, the back of those figures, be like mini Velcro. And, and as the teacher told the story, she would place these figures on the felt board, and of course they stuck. But what I recall most vividly about this story was the similarity between the wise man's house and the foolish man's house. They looked the same. I'm not sure exactly what my child's eye expected, but my recollection is that they looked identical. When the weather was good, it would seem one house was as good as the other. Hold that thought. I want us to look closer now. I want us to draw three simple lessons from this story of Jesus. The first time I heard these three statements, three simple lessons, was from a sermon by Dr. Earl Wilson, General Superintendent of the Wesleyan Church Emeritus, now retired, and he preached a sermon here at Cross Point Church, in those days Olivet Church, and he used these three simple statements when preaching from this story in Luke 6. Here are the three statements. Statement number one, everyone is building a house. Jesus speaks in verse 48. He says, a person builds a house on a strong foundation, on a rock. Verse 49, a person who builds a house on, without a foundation. Some translations use the word there, sand, making the point that some build well and some build poorly, but everyone is building a house. Everyone is building a life house. Everyone is building a life. And Jesus is reminding us in this parable that there are two foundation choices, only two. You have the rock and you have the sand and every one of us chooses the kind of foundation that they build on. Back in 1974, we decided to build a cottage in Browns Flat, New Brunswick, at Beulah Camp. And, and, I, and I drew a little design on a piece of wood. It was just a small piece of two-before, about so big. I drew on it with a pencil I put the dimensions on it, 26 feet by 22 feet. I put on the little drawing the doors and the windows where I thought they should go. And then I ordered the lumber from a local mill, had it delivered to the lot where I wanted the cottage built, and booked a carpenter for day one to get me started. Well, when he arrived that day to get the building started at least, he looked at me and said, well, now, uh, what are we going to build on? And I looked back at him and gave him an answer that he wasn't really very pleased with. And I said, on the ground? Well, by that point, it was too late, too late to make any serious foundation plan. So we scrounged around and came up with several, you know, the cement blocks, the standard cement block. And we plopped them down and built, built on those blocks. No foundation, really. Some loose gravel under the blocks, some, some even damp clay, and some sand. 
poor foundation, poor choice on my part. A foundation, you see, is all important. The Tower of Pisa was begun in the year 1173. That's 847 years ago. Its original builder worked 12 and a half years and completed three and a half of the stories of that structure. And then the tower began to lean, so much so that the original builder got discouraged and quit. It was 80 years later, another builder came on the scene and he thought he could correct the problem and tried to build his tiers, his additions to the tower, even straighter, thinking that would help, didn't solve the problem, and he quit. Ninety years later, a third builder put the, put the dome on the top. But down through the years, every single year, that tower leans a fraction of an inch more. One day... One day, even though that tower has stood for almost about 800 years, that 14,500-ton tower is going to fall because the soft, watery subsoil will not support its weight. It's on a faulty foundation. Every one of us, every one of us, no exceptions, We're all building a house. Every one of us chooses the kind of foundation that we want. Some folks seem to have a fine house without a rock foundation. Some life houses, like the Tower of Pisa, have been standing a very long time even. And the builder is inclined to think things are fine, life is good, apparently, but Not so. There's a leaning to the building. He just can't see it. But in our story, Jesus is making the point that everyone builds a house. No exception. Everyone chooses the type of foundation. And you can choose rock or you can choose sand, but everyone builds. Everyone. And foundation choice is crucial. So the first simple statement is just this. Everyone's building a house. Here's the second statement. You have to live in the house you build. You have to live in the house you build. And I take you back to the verse 47 that we just read where Jesus says, I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me and listens to my teaching and then obeys me. And he's saying, and some do that. And then he goes on to say, some do not, some don't. Making the point that everyone chooses. And the choice we make, we have to live with that choice. You have to live in the house that you build. Years ago, a familiar wall plaque graced the homes of many believers. And the The words on the plaque went like this. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Build well. You have to live in the house you build. 
the choices you make, the foundation you choose, the material that you choose to build with have consequences. Choose wisely. Build well. J. Wallace Hamilton wrote a book many years ago. The title of the book is What About Tomorrow? In that book, he tells the story of a wealthy builder who called in his top assistant and said to him, I am going away now for a few months, and while I am gone, I want you to see, to oversee the building of my new home. I'm going to be retiring in a few years, and I have these excellent plans and a magnificent lot by the lake, and I want you to supervise the construction of my new home. Well, after the man left, the assistant got thinking to himself. This, he lives in luxury, and really, he's done very little for me through the years. When he retires, what will I have? So the assistant used every opportunity to make a little profit for himself. He hired a builder who would double bill, and he let this man, this assistant, he let this man pocket the difference. The man hired, uh, used inferior products. He hired inferior workmen. And when the house was completed, it looked very fine from the outside, but its deficiencies in workmanship and materials would soon show as time went by. When the wealthy builder came back, he said to his trusted assistant, So, do you like the house? And the assistant replied with great enthusiasm, Oh yes, oh yes, it's a fine house. Then the man said, I have a surprise for you. I am retiring in a few years, and I want you to be taken care of. The house is yours. Here are the keys. First lesson from this simple story that Jesus told, everybody's building a house. And the second truth is this, you have to live in the house you build. Build well. Jesus is saying, choose the rock, choose quality materials, choices have consequences. And here's the third statement. First statement, everyone is building a house. Statement two, you have to Live in the house you build. Statement three, the storm comes to everyone. The storm comes to everyone. Verse 49, we read a few minutes ago. When the floods sweep down against that house, I'll stop there. Did you notice that the verse doesn't say, if, if the floods sweep down, what it says is, when the floods sweep down. The storm is not an if, it's a when. The storm comes to everyone. The night before Jesus went to the cross, he put it plain to his disciples when he said these words, in this world you will have trouble. He didn't say in this world you may have trouble. 
you maybe you will have trouble, not you might have trouble. Jesus said in this world, you will have trouble. There's no question COVID-19 is a storm. Worse for some than for others. For those infected, it's a serious threat to their health and even to their life. We live, all of us, with the uncertainty, the possibility of being infected. We live with the restrictions, with the isolation. Some among us, it means being off work. Some even without pay. And what's ahead? Will it get worse? Will this go on for weeks or might it be months? How long? You have the out here the chicken little mindset, especially you hear voices on social media of gloom and doom, the sky is falling, this is the end. And on the other extreme, you would have, have those who would still insist, still insist that it's mostly a media hype. And all of us, if we were honest, we would have to say that we're stressed about it. How much worse is this storm going to get? I don't know. This I do know. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. Not my favorite promise in the scriptures. Not your favorite promise. But hear me. Hear me this day. The storm comes to everyone. Bill well. It was midsummer when we built the cottage that I mentioned to you a few minutes ago, the cottage we built all those years ago, and on those nice days of summer, we gave little thought about the possibility of storms ahead. We never really considered the cold and the wind and the snow and the freezing rain that was months away, but winter did come, and the storm did come, and when it did, the cottage shifted, the roofs, the roof sagged, the ceiling buckled, the floor heaved, the doors jill-poked. If you got the doors shut, you couldn't get them open. If you got them open, you couldn't get them closed. The snow blew in where the small crack in the door jamb all of a sudden was an inch or so wide. And when it rained, the roof leaked, the storm came. The storm comes to everybody. Are you on the rock? Are you building well? I've not been to Hoover Dam. It's on the border between the states of Nevada, Arizona, and the United States. They say it's a marvelous sight to see. Construction started... Uh, in the year 1931, and it took five years to build the dam, so it was completed in 36. For 23 months, they poured concrete day and night into a base 660 feet thick into the solid granite wall of Black Canyon. This is what is called an arch gravity dam. It, it is an arch turned on its side, and the result is this. The greatest pressure on that dam, the more pressure on the dam, the more the dam arches or wedges itself 
back into Black Canyon. You see that? The the greater the pressure, the stronger that dam becomes. Jesus is saying here, build on the rock and you can be like Hoover Dam. The storms just make you stronger. Anyone who listens, Jesus says, to my teaching and obeys me is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on rock. Everyone's building a house. Everyone lives in the house that they build and the storm comes to all. Oh, that foundationless cottage that I've been talking to you about these last minutes. In 2001, we jacked it up. And we put a cement concrete foundation under it. And since then, wind, rain, hurricanes, snow, blizzards, minus 40 degrees, frost, it never moves. The master builder can do that for you today. I visited Ray often during his last hospital stay. He was facing a very bad storm. He was a strong believer. He had certainly placed his foundation firmly on the rock. And he was down to just days. It was cancer. And the day I visited him, he was in considerable pain. And I said to him, Ray, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you're suffering like this. I'll never forget his response. He said, Pastor John, sometimes the road gets a little rough just before you get to the Father's house. Tell you what, Ray was on the rock. Are you? The old gospel song says, On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. Are you on the rock? If you're not, if you're not certain, you could make that very choice this day. I'm going to pray a prayer, and I invite you, if you're feeling like you're, you've built on sand and would like to make that significant change, today you can. The master builder is speaking to me here and to you, wherever you are. And you could pray a prayer like this one if you wanted. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner. I know that I've put some, I'm not on the foundation I should be on. A lot of sand under my house. I ask for your forgiveness for my sins. I believe that you died for my sins and that you rose from the dead. And I turn from my sins and I invite you to come into my heart and into my life and move me onto the rock. I want to trust you and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
If you prayed that prayer today, I invite you, to, would you let us know? You see the message there in front of you, the crosspointchurch.ca slash Jesus. Why don't you contact us this week if you've made that decision today? Or maybe you've heard this message and you're troubled and you wished you had someone to dialogue with, to, to correspond about this very issue. It's crosspointchurch.ca slash Jesus. We'd love to hear from you. Are you on the rock? This rock is Jesus, the only one. God bless you.